I'm Matthew. I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Heroes 3, the bi-weekly podcast where three friends explore the best, worst, and everything in between in the world of Asian cinema. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We are at Heroes the Number 3 Podcast on all three of them. And this week we are jumping into a little arc looking at gun action in Hong Kong movies with 1988's Tiger on the Beat, which is directed by, as we talked about many times before, and last week's episode too, uh, Lao Garlong and is starring the absolutely legendary, and we haven't talked about him too much on the podcast yet, uh, yeah. Chow Yun-Fat, along with a ton of other uh, favorites from some of our previous movies. Yeah, we're going to have a lot of returning faces uh, in this episode, and we get to just dive into glorious, uh, you know, contemporary 80s Hong Kong oh, cinema. Uh, yeah. I, we haven't really been back here since I want to say Yes, Madam, so this is just total delight yeah and i would say that yes madam is actually a fun comparison to bring up because uh here we are this is gun action and 1988 and Yun fat so it's actually just a little bit after this kind of explosion of this uh new genre so uh yes madam was kind of the the girls with guns the i don't know the birth of that you'd say and this is right right uh a little different because We've got Lao Garlong here, so it's kind of like his answer to uh, the excitement of this style of action in Hong Kong. And I also would say that we've got a bit more comedy than what you'd expect from, uh, you know, something <laughs> like A Better Tomorrow or, you know, these movies that really... Yeah, it's not quite as serious as a John Woo movie. Yes. Yeah, totally. And, and I the, thought... cast, the casting of Chow Yun-Fat is really remarkable considering like you're saying this is actually after a better tomorrow and city mm-hmm. on fire and some of his other classic uh more serious drama gun pictures have come out so it's a big deal seeing him at this point in time in uh, a film that's kind of trying to just have fun with that whole genre right right and it's uh yeah everybody would expect to see him in a serious role and um Right here, you've got him leaning pretty hard on like kind of this lighter character. He's kind of, uh, I was thinking about this being maybe an answer to Lethal Weapon in a lot of ways. Oh, sure. From Hong Kong. And, but to me, it's almost like, like if it was Riggs and Riggs instead of Riggs and Murtaugh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. That's spot Yeah, on. you're right. Yeah. Cause, that one's uh, really the. No one's the no one's the hardened five days to retirement cough. No, They're you just both right. crazy. You've got uh, Chow Yun Fat character, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's really like this very comfortable, very casual, but kind of wild cop, and he's kind of you almost get a sense that there's like this. He's got the position because of who he knows, not of what he does. And then you've got the other lead in this movie, who is Conan Lee, who I don't believe we've seen on the podcast yet. No, I don't think so. He didn't but, have a really long career in Hong Kong. Yeah, right. Which is a shame, because he has a great look. 
Yeah, he's an amazing fighter on too. screen. Dang it. Mm-hmm. And I, I do think that we've mentioned him before because this is another one of these stars that they were kind of, I think, Marty, you'd say they were grooming him to be like a Jackie Chan type. And actually, yeah, totally. I kind of feel like physically his his face kind of is very similar to a Jackie Chan. Yeah. Feature wise. But, but he's too. more of like the traditional I guess body type of an action star, you know, he reads as like taller and thinner than Jackie and maybe a little faster and even more uh, powerful. Yeah. I, I would say that he, for me, he has more of the kind of uh, stereotypical eighties American hero kind of look. Yeah. He's more like square jawed Mm -hmm. and kind of, kind of bulky. And, and he's got roots in the United States. And actually when I was looking into things, his his birth name is Lloyd Hutchinson. <laughs> Just stick with that, Lloyd. That's, <laughs> so that's yeah, for nothing says action hero yeah. like Lloyd Hutchinson. He grew up. Okay, in I'm going to tell States. you our stars, our, our our new star's name. It's Lloyd. Okay, <laughs> yeah. yeah Lloyd. Wait, you haven't heard Hutchinson? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. And um, yeah. So he grew up in the states, and he went to Hong Kong, and tried to have kind of a career there and he has he does have a couple of standout roles this being one of them another film that i remember seeing has uh hiroyuki sanada um our dude from our japanese action arc and it's called ninja in the dragon's den and that's directed oh, yeah. by Corey yoon that's a cool movie too and i'd love to tackle that someday that's probably a future movie yeah for sure and well, and, um, and conan lee was also in uh big trouble in little china right? yeah so yeah that's what i was gonna oh, say really? too he's done some work in the states too so after the hong kong stuff really wasn't working out he'd come back to the states and do some smaller roles i think a movie called the eliminators but um oh, he was nice. in lethal weapon 4 as like a, a smaller oh, cool. role he's i think he's related to jet lee's character in that movie and speaking of jet lee we've got nina lee here um yeah we saw, i, I we think we haven't her... seen her since twin dragons i want to say twin dragons yes. uh, according to the podcast yeah and we also right, saw her right. in pedicab driver so those yeah. you know also fit within this kind of era the same timeline and nina lee uh ended up becoming pretty popular just in this time but after that you don't really like see from her see much from her one of the reasons is that she ended up marrying jet lee and um you know like a lot of these yeah yeah, stars they would retire so um Mm -hmm. yeah there's a lot of cool people in this movie and um you know we mentioned lao garlong and uh also with Lao Garlong, we've got Gordon Liu, so we get to see Gordon Liu yeah. in like a villain role and a super '80s villain role, which is a mm-hmm. lot of fun. So, um, yeah, yeah it's I thought awesome. that... and he kind of has his own name because uh, Gordon Liu is also known um, as uh, Lao Gar Fai, uh, which is like kind of an honorific to Lao Sifu oh, cool. himself, mm-hmm. and so that's like they call his character Fai in this movie. But yeah, yeah if you've awesome. never seen Gordon with hair. Uh, it might take some <laughs> getting used to. It's funny because you picture Gordon, it's like, oh, he's the ultimate kung fu hero. It's like perfection on screen. And there's something about when he has this like short haircut, looks kind of dorky, right? It's um, great. <laughs> in a it, great yeah. way, I, I, I love it. Um, yeah, the other time I think I remember seeing him with hair is in My Young Auntie, which I definitely oh, want sure. us to look at because... 
that movie rules it's so good but he's got like a really he's almost kind of like a hippie in that movie which is really oh, weird right to think on. about <laughs> yeah and uh yeah it's fun just the uh order of films um that we've been watching in the podcast to go from uh Lao Garlong classic drunken master to to this film and i would mm-hmm. say that um his directing is extremely confident and assured and i think the the movie is very well paced framed uh, all the rest of it and i think the action is top notch um it does bring to mind something we've mentioned before about Lal Garlong, which is that okay this is a guy who lives and breathes kung fu right <laughs> and in that Lao Garlong arc that uh, we featured previously on the podcast, we kind of mentioned when it gets into the realm of like the cosmopolitan or like the sexual, <laughs> he's maybe not as comfortable or um, <laughs> yeah. you'll have moments in his films that don't necessarily like play very plausibly. So we kind of get the whole Lao Sifu in this movie, I think. Um, particularly there's, <laughs> there's one moment, there's one scene in the movie. We'll probably talk a lot about it. You should just pull it out of the movie because I, I think, for one, it kind of muddies the story a little bit, um, and then it's it, it's just kind of horrific to watch. And then whatever transpires just makes no sense. Have that, <laughs> like having like having to follow that scene. But yeah, we'll um, definitely get. We're there definitely we'll yeah. We're gonna that. get an SJW flag for the way we do yeah. it. <laughs> Uh oh. Oh, he That's said it. Jo- yeah, it's not our first flag, folks. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but this movie is super enjoyable and um I think it flies enough under the radar that you can show it to some friends that maybe are into action movies or also are into Actually, I feel like it's a perfect kind of like if there's a Venn diagram of gun action and kung fu action, and the cheesiness of all of those films, this kind of mm-hmm. lands right in the middle. So I think it's a oh, really, yeah. really good recommend, like for some friends that you know are already into this stuff because they yeah. probably haven't seen yeah, it, totally. and there's so much crazy stuff that happens that they'll have so much fun watching it. Yeah, I feel like Val Carlong before he made this movie read a book on how to make an action movie that came out in 1985 <laughs> because it just hits all of the beats that you would want. Yeah, there's some totally. really really great super cheesy music in it too. Oh man, yeah, of. the opening song is ooh, so good. <laughs> well, yeah, let's jump into the movie itself. But first, let's take a look at the back of the VHS. Hong Kong, 1988. The triads sink their claws into the city. And when a drug deal goes bad, blood spills in the streets. Enter Francis Lee, a carefree undercover cop that has been thrust into a high-profile sting that pairs him with an unlikely partner. Michael Cho, a young hotshot on the force eager to make a name for himself, joins Francis tailing the young Mary Donna, a woman whose family ties thrust her into a tragic world of crime. The claws are out as our two heroes shred their way through Hong Kong. The white-knuckle action leads to a finale that you'll never forget. Lao Kar Lung brings you his take on the excitement of gun action cinema. Chow Yun-Fat and Conan Lee face off against Gordon Liu in Tiger on the Beat. Yeah, so the movie starts off and we're treated to like an intro song. And it's also super 80s (laughs) and it's a lot of fun. And um, it's actually composed by Teddy Robin. So we mentioned Lina Lichi and Twin Dragons. 
Teddy Robin is Tarzan in uh, Twin Dragons. So oh, that's right. He's, yeah. Uh, What's his yeah. name in the in the English dub? Uh, oh. it's Boomer and. Uh, yeah. Oh shoot. Oh, it's a super great name. Okay, hey, it'll come back to us. <laughs> I I just gotta find my notes for it. Hang yeah, on. do it. Tyson. 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 Tyson and Boomer. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. So <laughs> we we've got him. Uh, doing the music here and actually uh, another connection that I can make is the lady singing the song is Maria Cordero and um, she was in a small role in Pedicab Driver I don't know if you guys remember but she was like kind of like the tough bigger uh, lady that was kind of hassling uh, Samuel's character oh at yeah kind of like towards the, the beginning bakery. right yeah, 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 yeah. And we talked about her just a little bit, I remember, because uh, yeah, she's got yeah, kind right. of an interesting background. She's like Filipino, but she became really popular in Hong Kong around this time. So, um, yeah, pretty cool uh, to connect those dots. And um, the song rules, so I'm sure we'll be yeah, dropping totally. it in here at some point. And it's great. It's at the very front of the movie and then uh, at the very end, too. So, Yeah, yeah, perfect. So, um then we get to see our main hero and um, our hero in a yeah. couple of quotation marks. <laughs> it's pretty great. So, which Chow- I mean, that's that's cool because that's Chaeyon Fat is usually kind of an anti-hero in a lot of uh, the movie season, so kind of fits it. Um, what I what I did find out a little bit is that he had um become pretty well known on TV for more comedic stuff. So uh, that definitely didn't come across in his film career, but we see a little <laughs> bit of of that here in this film. Gotcha. Kind of almost like Bruce Willis um, started. Oh, sure. Yeah. Oh, lighting yeah. energy. Yeah, definitely. So we see him here, and uh, what you find out pretty quickly is he's with a mistress, and um, the husband has arrived. And, and their I ankles actually... are handcuffed. Together. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I like how this plays out. So he has to be pretty quick-witted about getting away with this, being found in uh, another man's uh, wife's apartment. Yeah, it's great because uh, it starts by he thinks that his wife is knocking on the door, and then she says, "No, we're in my place." And then they both they both realize what's going on. Then she says, "Oh, it's my husband." He's like, "What? You're married?" <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah, all three figures here are are yeah, kind of you know, despicable or whatever. Yeah, because the husband's like half in the bag too and he's coming home early in the morning after a long night and it seems like he was fooling around too. So (laughs) I guess- We've got a pretty clever fix from Chayun Fat's character here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yeah, he's like doing CPR on her on the couch and it's like freaking out saying that she's sick or something. Oh, it's- He's he's got a good he does have a good face for for comedy like he's he's able to pull off some of these kind of goofy yeah totally turns and he still has this like very charming way about him even in the middle of all this you kind of uh, you see him smile and you're like all right I believe this guy yeah <laughs> yeah totally and then the the uh, husband character is played by uh, Shing Hui An and you may have seen him in a, a Better Tomorrow and yeah plenty of other films for this from this period we've got quite a few cool like stunt casting cameos in the movie so it's going to be fun to call those out yeah so this moves us towards kind of the i guess the situation that will bring our two main characters together so 
um after he leaves the apartment he pulls into a restaurant and actually i gotta say he's got an awesome car it's a little mini um, oh dude it's so <laughs> and yeah i had to look this up so it's a uh a mini clubman a 1976 mini clubman and um i i just love how cute and compact this car is but it also <laughs> has like a trans am paint job which you never see it's <laughs> right, like right. it's like bright red and it has like the pinstriping yeah. and it even has like the firebird on the side which is really cool i feel like that kind of fits perfectly with his his character that he would he would like he wants a trans am that's painted all cool like that but <laughs> oh, he just oh that's mini. great i love oh, that man. yeah that's really cool so he pulls in and he orders a big breakfast and well, he has this a little... kind of a longer scene than you might expect here yeah. at the um, breakfast restaurant but i, I love it because it uh, we get to almost have this like historical snapshot of what this kind of restaurant would have uh, felt like in 1988 in Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Um, Great. Also, also, yeah, Chai Yun Fat's outfit, amazing, very like 80s print, uh, button down shirt, and then he has this visor on. Somehow he <laughs> makes it cool. I'm not sure. <laughs> not sure how. But yeah, the this is maybe the biggest stunt of the entire film that happens. For real. <laughs> breakfast scene. Um, yeah. Oh my yeah, he, gosh, dude. He orders like he orders a breakfast that kind of looks like he's ordering like two normal breakfasts and also this big old glass of milk and a dozen eggs, like just raw eggs. And then he gets an empty cup and is just cracking these eggs into the cup like like Rocky style. Yeah, totally, but Rocky you're like, "Oh, wow, it's what is what is Rocky put in there?" I want to say it's like two eggs. Um, yeah, it's like two or three, class. and then he just but eats, dude, he just drinks Chow Yun Fat's character stuffs as many eggs as you could, raw eggs as you could into a glass, and you're like, yeah, okay, please, please cut away. Um, but before <laughs> he does anything with it, there's like an onlooking couple, this like dorkier dude with this girl, <laughs> and they're just kind of like stunned, looking agog at this. <laughs> and Chow Yun Fat tells this long tale about who had. Um, has like passed down the secret art of drinking the raw eggs. It's good for you. Bruce Lee invented it. He taught it to Alan Delon. Delon taught it to Stallone. And Stallone taught me. You mean he didn't teach you? And this is pretty fun. Um, I can't remember who it starts with, but it ends up intersecting with Sylvester Stallone. And then I think he says that Sly taught T. Lung and then T. Yeah. Lung taught me. Now, who knows? Maybe the whole movie hadn't really been planned out yet, but T. Lung is in this yeah, movie. T. Lung's in the movie. He's in like a couple of scenes from yeah. now. You'll see them um, together. But that's great. Yeah, it's really fun. He says, yeah, it's kind of like a play on words in Cantonese because they all use Lung in the, in the name. So oh, that's awesome. He starts with Lee Siu Lung. Taught Sing Lung. So that's Bruce Lee teaching Jackie because Sing Lung is Jackie, one of Jackie's first stage names. Yeah. Then he goes from Sing Lung taught Alain Delon. So Alain Delon is actually a French, a really well known uh, French actor. And uh, then he goes from Delon to, st- it, I think in Cantonese, Stelon, it's like Si Tai Long, Si Tai Long, which is like their way to say Stallone. And then Stallone taught Daylong, so T-Long. So that's really fun. And actually, you can connect the dots even more a little bit because um, uh, Daylong, actually his stage name, Daylong, actually is because of Alan Daylong, the the French actor. Like he was very, oh, uh, wow. 
he was admi- he admired him so when um i believe it was mona fong from shaw brothers was giving him his stage name he wanted it to be related to that so that's why that's his name oh that's huh. awesome Very cool. yeah it's, it's pretty cool but yeah then anyways, but this culminates in Fett's, him yeah. drinking this monstrosity <laughs> that has like a dozen eggs in it and there in one is take, this dude and there then is he downs long... a whole glass of milk oh gosh because he drinks the entire like it cuts to like at first he starts drinking it and then it cuts to another shot and i was like okay how are they going to do this and then he literally just on screen drinks like at least eight eggs yeah it's got to be eight and then swallows them all down and then grabs an entire glass of milk and then drinks all of that down all in one take i'm gonna make one of the grossest gifts that we've ever made on this show with nice. that. yeah man totally I, anytime I see somebody do that, I kind of want to do it, but then I don't. <laughs> <laughs> so maybe I will. Maybe I'll try that this weekend. Maybe. <laughs> Record yourself doing it. Oh, sure. I, I'm sure people Can't, would love that. Do not do that without other people knowing. <laughs> yeah. Just as like a... Have a friend around. Legal protection or whatever. It's supposedly like super dangerous. What ends up happening because of him drinking those eggs is that he gets the hiccups. So this actually is like directly related to whatever happens next because him getting the hiccups. Meanwhile, outside, there's like a bank robbery happening, which actually kind of reminds me of Yes, Madam, in a way. Oh, yeah, definitely. That opening uh, burst of action with Michelle jumping across the car and stuff. Yeah, and that's that's where Michelle has the great uh, Dirty Harry parody line. Yeah, totally. (laughs) And And this um, is, I guess, like you know, uh, most of the audience's first introduction to Conan Lee. And I like that like, he's eating a roll or something when uh, he encounters these bad guys. And so he pulls out his gun. We're definitely in a gun action film. <laughs> and the first use of the gun, I think, uh, I don't know, there's something like almost cute about it. It's This is really Lao Garlong's <laughs> first major like gun movie. And uh, I would say for the most part, the gun action is amazing. But there are a few instances where it's almost like he's treating a gun like throwing knives or something. Um, We had some of that in Yes, Madam, where just like it's not quite like Homer opening the beer can with his gun. But um, (laughs) so he's like confronting this bad guy. He's like, I'm a a policeman. And he just like shoots him in the kneecap. Um, Like no big deal. Uh, So, yeah, some of the gunfire is like fast and loose. um, So that can be a lot of fun. And there isn't a great sound effect for the gunfire either. Oh, which is good point. Yeah, super you're right. Fun. <laughs> there's like no yeah. bass in it at all. It's just <laughs> yeah, there's a lot of weird sounds in this movie, especially when we get to one of the last fights. There's this one bit where I, I actually like went between the the English and the original audio to see if there was something lost in translation. But no, it's just a little empty in a few places. But. <laughs> But this, uh, the robbery leads into the diner, and the guy takes Chayon Fat's character as hostage, and and Godin Lee's the uh, hostage technique is just saying, "Go ahead, shoot him! I dare you!" Yeah, <laughs> yeah totally. <laughs> and Chayon Fat plays this like, yeah, brilliantly. It's um, because yeah, how do you act this scene with like a gun shoved in your mouth? Um, but. 
Yeah, Chai and Fat's got the answer, I guess. Yeah, the funny thing to me is I would expect, you know, the audience knowing Chow Yun Fat to be pretty <laughs> surprised at how he that seeing him on screen expecting a hero type character, seeing him handle this situation the way he does, because he's like freaking out. Like he's he doesn't pass out right away, but he does <laughs> but end yeah, up. He does passing end up like out. relieving himself. Yeah, and he does be in pants. He pees. So. He pees his pants, and that becomes like a whole like joke like throughout the first half of the film. <laughs> is that because uh, once he does pee and pass out, uh, Conan Lee's character makes the arrest, and then the other officer is like, "Oh, don't you know who that is? He's undercover," and he's like, "Oh, oh get him to the hospital," and um that becomes a point of contention between the two uh heroes and of course they're going to be thrust together just like something like lethal weapon but you know we also have to establish that there are villains and of mm-hmm. course we're going to have some western actors in an 80s hong kong action film so oh, man. Um, these these are some this is like a new level of uh <laughs> Some great token whites in this one. Oh. Yeah. These are some of my faves. Oh, I, I did miss it last time because I think in the last episode I mentioned that I was kind of sad whenever I flipped to the original audio. There wasn't just the guy, like the you know not great white guy that was living in Hong Kong. They pulled from the yeah. street, just talking in really bad acting. But there is in this, and it is wonderful. Oh man, so good. Yeah, it's like the the physical acting is just not great and then i'm not sure if it's the same actor but whoever is doing the the voice oh my god oh my god oh yeah right 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 yeah, so you just we've got like a, a a drug deal going on and it looks like what they're doing is they're hiding drugs in surfboards which is a great 80s yeah <laughs> device 80s too. upon 80s <laughs> yeah and um yeah we've got our kind of drug lords in hong kong waiting a shipment and once the guy shows up uh of course this the other 80s trope we've got cocaine here and once the they find the package they gotta taste it right which is like Mm -hmm. always like what is it i mean i don't know obviously i don't know what cocaine tastes like but it's like how do you know like i guess i have to be in the industry but (laughs) um they taste it and they're like oh what's going on here and we're like they're like we're being hustled and then um the main um like hong kong villain has like kind of this subordinate dude and he um quickly dispatches the um the smuggler i guess you'd say and um they promise to the westerners hey we'll we'll make it right so um this is our motivation for the bad guys in the film right right and then we have um yeah, I, I think it's uh, Lao Gar Wing, Lao Gar Wing's brother. That is, um, is that? I don't think it is. I know that he does show up. He he's shows the up later. Taxi driver a little bit later. In yeah, the, yeah, movie. he definitely does. I didn't recognize the the guy that gets killed. That... Oh, I thought it was him. Huh. Well, maybe, maybe it's a dual role. I don't know. <laughs> also, we should call it that little stuffed Garfield that the one white has. <laughs> <laughs> and We're then we the get 80s. introduced to our our main female lead, uh, Nina Lee Chi. And um, speaking of 80s upon 80s, the very first thing we see of her is her bending forward so you can see her cleavage while she's in this, like, aerobics leotard Oh, you think that outfit. was intentional? I thought that just kind of happened. <laughs> <laughs> they, just, they just had the camera in front of her all the time, like, she's she going to bend over. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, this is an amazing, like, yeah, Olivia Newton-John yeah, physical yeah. exercise class. This is... 
awesome. Uh, but we find out that she's her brother is is one of the gangsters that we saw in the first scene, and they're mm-hmm. kind of, or the previous scene. Yeah, the and they're Philip kind Cole of character. Yeah, and they're it, it, it's basically like a we just got to do this one more thing, and then we're out of it, you know, like because it's an '80s movie. Yeah, it honestly doesn't feel like she's too involved with that life, but starting. No, but she here, does seem like really close with her brother. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And starting here is when she kind of starts to get wrapped into it, and it, yeah, it really ends up <laughs> going downhill for her from here. Oh man, dude. <laughs> yeah, he gives her this big packet, and um, yeah, he just kind of stuffs it into her, her shirt or something. <laughs> um, kind of weird. Uh, but yeah, this is apparently uh, drugs. So. Um. <laughs> Yeah, she she is now getting involved in the in the drug deals. Yeah, so I, I actually I, I I wasn't actually sure if it was drugs or cash, but either way, and you know she's kind of kind of deliver a package, and uh, yeah, the movie's yeah, a little unclear find... if you can't right. if you can't tell the movie's a little unclear about what's happening in a couple of places. <laughs> right. yeah. So. yeah, in this moment, I I thought it was cash the first time too, but then when she does the handoff, hmm. you realize she's traded drugs for cash. So. Right, right, she has cash in the purse after. So the cops uh, are kind of getting wind of this, and uh, after a short scene where we get to see uh, Chow Yun-Fat's character in the hospital, um, and he meets Conan Lee kind of for the first time officially. Yeah. We um, also meet Chow Yun-Fat's uh, sister. Um, yeah, played Mimi, by Shirley. Right? And, and, yeah. Um, yeah, she's awesome. Uh, hasn't appeared in a lot of films. Um, mm. But yeah, oh, she's really great in this, this. though. She yeah, has super a, 80s like hair and giant glass giant mm-hmm. glasses and she and actually she actually her like, look is kind of impo- yeah it actually I, I like how it plays off in, in the was, final sequence of the movie it's gonna say she looks kind of like how my mom looked in the 80s based on pictures i've seen with oh, like dude, the really awesome. big glasses and the super curly hair nice um, yeah so now what what chow yun Ka- chow yun fat's character his his name's francis lee and what he his motivation now is just putting the screws to uh, Conan Lee's uh, police yeah. officer character. Michael, so, sorry, we don't know his name yet. I think. Yeah, we'll find that out right here. So um, he files a report kind of like against him. And uh, at the same time, his uncle, who is like the, I, I guess, the chief in uh, the station, is saying that uh, they have leads on this case. And uh, this is the same drug deal that we saw a little bit earlier. And he needs uh, Francis Lee's character to um, kind of front this operation. It'll be good for him. And then with that, he wants to have him uh, work with a partner. And, of course, who we see right here (laughs) is Michael Cho, who is uh, Conan Lee's character in the film. And, um, (laughs) yeah, they quickly get thrust together. And the other thing that we, we see here is that the... Um, what is it? The commissioner shows up, and he's like kind of like the the yeah, head of everyone. He's like from the everyone. Royal Hong Kong Police Force, so they're always like addressing him in English, even though he's like a local Hong Konger. But Good morning, sir. Morning. Good morning, sir. Morning, sir. Right, and this uh, cameo here is by David Chang, who's legendary Shaw Brothers actor. So yeah. it's uh, a small cameo, but it's really cool to see him, and actually. Thinking about that, we've got Day Long here. So yeah. David Chang and Day Long were actually actually coming up together in the Shaw Brothers, and then 
they became really well known uh, from working together in the industry, which is really cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the our new partners now go into a, a bar to kind of try to kind of scope out the situation, figure out, like try to get some information. And the person they try to get info from is T. Lung's character, uh, who, <laughs> um, <laughs> in the uh, in the English dub, they call him Hoagie. Which yeah, I, I like that. Funny. That's great. Yeah. It's mentioning the English dub right before this, there's a scene where they're kind of pulling in to the bar area and um you see Conan Lee's character rough up a bystander and the dubbing for that dude's really fun. Um because <laughs> like in the Cantonese version he says he looks like a thug and then um the the bystander says like looking thuggish isn't a crime, but <laughs> And the dub, he says, like, What the hell's a poor guy saying? I'm certainly. So what? He's my next door neighbor. Sorry, Randy. Asshole. Being ugly ain't a crime. (laughs) (laughs) Damn, self owned. That's great, man. Yeah, that's really fun. I love this this bar location that we end up going to. Actually, uh, Rush Hour kind of borrows this beat. Like, Hmm. the first thing that um, those two dudes do together, I think, is they're trying to follow lead at like a similar kind of bar oh geez I, yeah i watched rush hour honestly maybe 20 years ago <laughs> like it's been a while I, I suppose we're gonna get there in the, the podcast sometime. at some Probably, at some right? point we'll get there yeah. of course yeah well, of yeah, course that'll be fun jackie says a line there that is pretty unforgettable <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to that we'll get to it <laughs> so so they have this little interaction with with t-long and it's weird seeing t-long in like modern clothes like not wearing like from you know eighteen hundreds China, yeah. <laughs> uh, but and like not trying to play like somebody's uh, like an old person's dad. Uh, yeah, yeah, and he's clean shaven, which yeah doesn't have he's got too the, much. like slick back hair and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but he kind of uh, kind of uh, butts heads with Conan Lee. And I I love that they're like, okay, we're just going to Kung Fu fight in here. And so everyone like (laughs) cleared out and he's, he's the owner of the bar and he says, all right, the next, next order's on the house and they get everyone to, to kind of clear out and uh, make room in the middle. Yeah. And I think like as the, as the audience, like you're into it, it's like, ah, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready for some, some fighting. And this is a great (laughs) matchup, Conan and T-Long and. Um, you get the sense Lao Garlong is like rearing to get into some straight up martial arts choreography. And it's, <laughs> it's awesome just uh, in terms of the hand to hand choreography, but also just seeing it in this setting and moving around the bar. Um, yeah, it's like uh, Lao Garlong's answer to, you know, the typical bar fight. He's like, I'm going to take like a, a kung fu like tea house situation and transplant that and put it into a modern day kind of 80s mm-hmm. bar situation so they exchange formalities and one guy's a little offended and then it turns into a fight but it actually smooths out at the end pretty uh pretty quickly which is funny i i, I do like conan lee's uh look you know he's oh, yeah. it's like i said he's kind of yeah. got this 80s action he kind of looks yeah, he like, has like that duran duran hair going on oh, yeah. totally. and there's so much it, power in his moves actually it's probably helpful to kind of contrast conan lee with say donnie yen because uh not too long ago we watched what was meant to be donnie's breakout movie that was set as like a period kung fu film but by this time donnie is uh bursting out and um right around this time he's getting into his own 
gun action. And it's interesting. Donnie and Conan's backgrounds are sort of similar. They spend a lot of time growing up in the States. They have kind of a similar build, can sort of do it all uh, kung fu-wise. Great kickers, punchers. There's a lot of power to their movements on screen. Um, and I imagine at this point in time, people would have maybe placed their bets on Conan Lee, but mm-hmm. it's amazing to see just the long and incredible career that uh, that Donnie's had here. But I think yeah. even the way they kind of uh, present th- these two actors on screen, it's uh, Donnie had kind of a similar similar style and even hair kind of going on at this time too. It's just, yeah, not sure if that's intentional or just how it goes like the kung fu hair of the 70s gave way to this kind of duran duran hair (laughs) right so now they their lead kind of brings them to this nice hotel where they're they're kind of just waiting for something in the lobby and that's when we get to see nina lee chi again and she's looking amazing like she always looks amazing but holy crap this outfit's really Mm -hmm. good looking yeah, it's yeah. almost Marilyn Monroe ish, like with the hair and the kind of halter top thing going on. Yeah, totally. Um, and boy, yeah, Chow Yun Fat and Conan have zero game at all. <laughs> um, yeah, I wrote seen down some the... swings and misses on the podcast before, but Oof. nothing like this. Yeah, I wrote in my notes: Chow Yun Fat hits on her, and the only way you can magic tricks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's how I got my way. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also would kind of say that I feel like they're Conan and Chow Yun Fat, like they they work as well as they could together, but I would say that their chemistry isn't the best. Yeah. But I I think it might be because I mean maybe they're kind of playing kind of the same type of character, like they don't contrast each other enough. But um I think that's a great that's a great point. There is something like is awesome of uh on screen fighters Conan Lee is. Uh yeah, there's just I can't kind of quite get into his like character as acting. I I don't know what notes you'd really give him, but mm-hmm. um it's also yeah, his character is kind of strange. Uh there are some moments where it seems like he's like extremely easily offended and his pride is hurt and he's really stubborn and aggressive. And but then he also seems like uh, just super easygoing and nice, and kind of like accommodating. And you're not you're not sure which one you're gonna get, kind of. Yeah, um, yeah. But I mean, honestly, in a movie like this, it's I get it. Like, whatever. Let's get yeah, to the 100%. the fun stuff. You know, let's get to the guns. Let's get to the fighting. But um, what we have here is uh, when Nina Lee shows up, they kind of kind of are staking out things, but you know, at the same time trying to flirt with her, but she ends up pulling her switch. So she has like a white bag that she's clutching and she exchanges it with a woman in the bathroom. And when she leaves, uh, Francis notices the difference in the bag. So they start to tail her and that takes them into a mall. And um, with that mall, we've got uh, Nina Lee kind of on the run and she ends up in like the lingerie section and she of kind like a of department store or something. Yeah, and she uh, talks to one of the attendants that some guys are following her. So this attendant uh, assists her in kind of getting away. But we've got another stunt uh, cameo here, and this is Lydia Shum. So we just saw her recently in Drunken Tai Chi. But um, here you actually see her how I think everyone in the 
world or definitely in Hong Kong knows her with her glasses and her kind of uh, feathered hair. Mm-hmm. And it's yeah, totally. uh, and really the, the cool. first shot of her, the reveal is like really fun. Yeah. Yeah. They're, they're coming in and she's, she gets Neely to hide out in the, in like the dressing room and they have like a whole goofy <laughs> interaction. And I love probably one of my favorite uh, lines is whenever she's like, they're trying to like, you know, walk in to like to catch her with the, the drugs or the money. And <laughs> whenever they walk in, she just starts screaming. Sex mania! Oh, we're not! We're not! Call we're cops! There's a little uh, gag here too where um, Lydia's character confronts Francis why he's in the bra section and he says oh i'm getting a bra for my wife so in the cantonese version they uh do this thing where he mentions that she needs a bra and she asks francis what size are her breasts so what he does is they go back and forth in these comparisons to uh stars from the time yeah yeah and one of them is anita mui and they're basically referencing different stars with different chest sizes yeah. which is funny and they say dolly parton at one point too yeah so the dove he says version, dolly parton he says hers keep changing which is a very 80s joke yeah the dove version localizes that with kind of these equivalents yeah yeah so that's kind of fun to see that it's always fun whenever you see like clever you know trans translation there i guess localizations yeah yeah totally. it, it's it's easy to kind of joke about mistranslations but when they hit it out of the park, that's really fun too. And it, I think, what was that movie with uh, the kind of Halloween sweeping? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That sort of great Something. sweeping day. They said like Halloween. Or oh All yeah, Saints Dance day. at the Drunk Mantis. When... Yeah, it was. That was you know really yeah, commendable. Yeah, so he was taking the jewelry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. The other thing that I want to say before uh, we move on is that Lydia Shum. Uh, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but they referred to her as Fei Fei. That was like her um, kind of, it's like a, it, it means fatty basically, but it was like a yeah. kind of a endearing nickname. And um, Maria Cordero, the lady that uh, from Pedicab Driver that was uh, singing the song, they called her Fat Mama. I remember us mentioning <laughs> that. <laughs> so that's kind of fun too. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm just, it's just dawning on me now that, there are two points in the movie where Chow Yun Fat's character mentions that he has a wife, and this is—you don't really believe he's telling the truth here. But oh, yeah. At the beginning of the movie, it seems like he's genuinely scared yeah. that she'll show. But yeah, I don't know. Hmm. It doesn't seem like he's married. Otherwise, that's pretty fun. So uh, Nina Lee gets back to her, the her and her or her brother's apartment he's like with a lady but he like is just in like his boxers and gets his gun out of course because you know he's with all the drugs and stuff and this leads to uh one of many really crazy chase scenes but this one's i don't know i've i've i haven't seen very many chase scenes quite like this in a in yeah, movies before yeah totally uh um, so yeah, the our two cops uh, followed her in her in her cab, um, kind of cleverly, and so when she's knocking on the door uh, to her brother, um, the cops kind of jump the gun, and um, then Philip Cole starts you know shooting through the door uh, where his sister just was. Um, <laughs> and uh, that yeah, the taxi that she took that the driver is Lao Gar Wing. Oh in, right, in, yeah, in that's, that scene. Oh, I can see. Yeah, that's definitely him. Hmm. 
There's um, like really cool kind of Jackie energy to this chase yes. too, because yeah, Conan totally. Lee just feels running very... on foot like amidst a big crowd and stuff. That's mm-hmm. really fun. And yeah, yeah and again, this is Conan Lee kind of as the Jackie and like police story, like going above and beyond to to oh, catch the call. guy. Is, yeah, as opposed to he runs on Fat, top who's... of this like there's like an awning to this uh, pedestrian bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, and Chow Yun Fat's just like following the traditional way, um, but Conan Lee is like running on top of this awning um, so fast that he's able to actually get to the other side before Philip Coe's character gets there. So um, he's kind of cornered from from both ends, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it just <laughs> it just gets cooler from here. Yeah, I think it's uh, really funny. There's a, a device they use because, like we said, uh, Philip Coe's. Uh, character is in his boxers so even in the midst of this mayhem he's still concerned with him being pantsless so <laughs> he holds a couple of hostages and demands that uh he, they throw a pair of pants down to him because well, he also like <laughs> tore the boxers on this jump down to this like oh. watermelon stand or something right um so yeah he's yeah he has these like nice girls hostage and yeah, mm-hmm. basically telling the cops throw down your pants. Um, and Chow Yun fat, I guess has seniority. So he orders Michael to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, he does, but he throws, he throws it and they, it, get and they like immediately get stuck in a tree. Oh, it's so good. Yeah, like the framing of that's perfect. Cause it's framed just like the, you would see the pants flying down, but they don't yeah, they just get sure. stuck in the tree at the bottom. Oh. So it's up to Chow Yun Fat, who's having like a much harder time with this, um, <laughs> and yeah, I just love how he's how he's playing it. Um, and also, Conan yeah. Lee gets to show off his ridiculously toned legs because <laughs> he's wearing briefs as opposed to these goofy boxers that Chow Yun Fat's got. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, they're both everyone. Well, they're both pantsless now. Uh, one thing that I found out uh, thanks to the commentary was that this scene is actually lifted right out of uh, an American film called Running Scared that stars Billy Crystal and Gregory Hines. And actually, when you see the scene, and um, there's a clip of it on YouTube that we, we can share. Yeah, I'm um, sure it's, it's in the post for this episode. Yeah, beat for beat is pretty it's much the similar. same as what happens here. The setting's different. It, I think it takes place in like Chicago in the wintertime, but it actually ends up being the same. So uh, the two characters here... They're blessed with being in the it's it's tropical weather. Yeah, it's nice. <laughs> so at least, yeah, at least they don't have to deal with that. But it's kind of funny uh, seeing that because um, we've talked a little bit about how how Western cinema and, uh, you know, Hong Kong cinema kind of borrow from each other. And you can see that here and you'll get um, a device later in the film that actually ends up being borrowed by a Western film later on. So it's kind of like this uh, trading favor mm-hmm. situation. Yeah. Actually, it's crazy. I just looked into. I think Running Scared came out before this. Yeah, yeah, that's right. What he said. Okay, right. sorry. I thought that's, you this said it. Movie, that's what I mean. Oh, this movie I missed stole it from you. I thought that. you said Running Scared lifted. Um, you know, Billy Crystal being such a big low girl on fan. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I got you now. Okay. I think of, you know, Police Story and Tango and Cash. We mentioned that. The the standoff against the bus. Yeah. And then yeah. at the beginning of Tango and Cash, they do that same thing, which is kind of fun. And um, yeah, we'll talk about another instance of that later in this film. Mm-hmm. So what ends up happening here is they get Nina Lee's character uh, into an interrogation. And... Um, what really ends up happening is they uh, 
this is kind of one of the story beats where it's like kind of unbelievable but um the the chief puts uh this side mission like hey we can get more information out of her if you kind of try to court her so uh francis ends up kind of taking her uh home and like they're kind of like trying to you know he's trying to get information out of her that way so that kind of weird beat in the film i get it and it's kind of tropey but um the way that they play through it doesn't really work for me <laughs> yeah it's like <laughs> yeah. i'm not sure what spot it's plausible it's like chow yun fat superior is like oh if you let her go you have my permission to sleep with her it's like dude it yeah. doesn't work like that yeah. he's got no game on earth yeah and she's like yeah. not interested and he's kind of and roughing she, it her proceeds up in to work uh, yeah in her, in her yeah. In a interrogation yeah, he kind of makes this kind of more aggressive turn towards her. So it's like that that wouldn't really I don't know. I I wouldn't I wouldn't believe that if you were just kind of yelling at me and then why would I want to even talk to you anymore yeah. after all of this, right? Yeah. Well, anyways, totally. what what we have next is another kind of short uh fight sequence and um they're following Nina's character to uh, Actually, did we mention her name is like Maridana. Yeah. No, we didn't. They just yeah. in the dub they just yeah. say Madonna, which is I'm sure what they were going for, but they do say Maridana in the yeah. Panties. Actually I think in I think in Twin Dragons there's a Maridana joke, right? When Maggie's when Maggie Chung's character is singing on stage at the beginning, uh Tarzan's kind of saying like, Oh, she's like Maridana. It's, it's oh, like I think you're right. right. Yeah. 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 That's interesting too. Wow. Um but yeah, the bad guys show up at the aerobic studio and um uh, Francis and Michael are also there staking things out and one thing's lead one thing leads to another and uh, Michael ends up kind of to rough it up with all of the kind of heavies. So you Yeah, there's some get great see, action in this this part. Yeah, you get to see Gordon Liu mm-hmm. uh doing some action here, which is really great. Yeah. No. Uh, Conan gets in a fight in the, the he's in like the women's bathroom with all these yeah. these toughs, and there is a lot of broken glass in this movie. It's not yeah, quite totally. police story levels, but it's a lot of broken glass. Yeah, when they get into the actual bathroom section, it's it's amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, uh, compare this to the recent Mission Impossible bathroom fight. I don't know, man. These things <laughs> amazing, <laughs> and it's just cool seeing like Al Garland choreography in like a contemporary kind of setting. yeah, yeah. Yeah, we get to see Gordon Liu in action a little more here, like really, because we see him f- kick a couple of guys in the past, but he just destroys them instantly. So it's great to see him like actually getting, you know, put through the motions. Um, yeah, he rams uh, Conan Lee through a through like a bunch of glass like dividers or something in the in the bathroom. Mm-hmm. Oh man, it's great stuff. The other thing I wanted to mention uh, is that. Um, Johnny Law, who's kind of like the head of the Hong Kong like syndicate, um, I recognize him. He was in uh, Thirty Six Chamber of Shaolin, and he was one of Sanda's like students at the oh, end of cool. the movie. Oh yeah, is that is that the Norman Chu? Yeah, he's the one in Thirty Six Chamber that kind of traps him with the the bamboo. Oh yeah, like kind of testing him right at the end. And um, we've also got Sanda right here, so yeah. they they kind of switched roles where one one is the master now and <laughs> one's the <Yeah>. subordinate. 
so Cheyenne Fat goes into the bathroom. There's a great little joke there. He's like, where is he? Oh, he's in the women's bathroom. Why are there so many guys in the women's bathroom? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, he's really confused by it. As, as a cop, you would think that would be your first clue that something bad's going on, yeah. right? But he's just very clueless here. <laughs> um, yeah, but after all is said and done here, um, they escape. And uh, they've got Nina Lee's, uh, they've got Mary Donna's, like, kind of purse with all of this money and stuff. But one of the other items in there is uh, the address. So this address they follow, and that's where Philip Coe's character is kind of laying low, Mm -hmm. trying to get out of this uh, uh, situation. And what ends up happening is... You can tell um, that the the crime boss is an evil crime boss in Navy's movie because he has a cell phone. Yeah, yeah, man. big old cell phone. Yeah, mm-hmm. big old brick of a phone. And also, and, Philip um, Coe's apartment is like, oh man, just designed to be creepy, um, <laughs> and like infiltrated. Mm-hmm. It's like this abandoned, uh, yeah, warehouse almost looking apartment, and they have some really kind of crude plans for Philip Coe right here. So, um, they're holding him like hostage, and they make him call Mary Donna. Um, just trying to get some more information here but what they end up doing is obviously they're the bad guys so they're gonna kill him but damn they like straight up looney tunes him yeah, like, they yeah put, dude. like a stick of dynamite Strap a in his m80 hand. to his hand blow it up <laughs> yeah pretty messed up and and after that if that wasn't enough to just blow up his hand then they do the the whole shoot him through the pillow as if that would silent a uh, silence a gunshot right <laughs> And, and and finish them off there, and this leads to the the next day they the police show up at the crime scene um, along with our our heroes and and Nina Lee. Yeah, and, and we should have uh, we should have mentioned they took Nina Lee's character back to Chai and Fat's apartment. Yeah, uh, I yeah. guess or his sister's apartment. Maybe they live together. I'm not yeah, entirely it's sure. Not clear, but yeah, the four of them are kind of all hanging out there. Um, she seems to, at this point in the movie, maybe soften to them a little bit. You get the sense like, oh, we're kind of like a family. They bring her along to the mm-hmm. crime scene um, the next day where they find out Philip Coe's been killed. Yeah. And um, I, I, one quick thing, in the the delivery of one of the police officers in the dub saying, They blew his hands off, then riddled his back with a forty-five. Just the way oh. that they say it is really funny. Oh, dude, nice. That's amazing. So I don't like put the clip in. But <laughs> um, then they but go yeah, back so to their apartment. And this is of the course, scene, Nina guys. Lee feels horrible because her brother's dead. And Childhood Fat is just not feeling it. They like, yeah, get over it. Oh, your brother's dead. Uh. It's not just that this scene has like really inexplicable violence towards women. It's that, <laughs> it's that it makes no sense. Like, it makes the least sense, I would say, of almost yeah. any scene we've we've seen on the podcast. Um, she's completely devastated that her brother is dead and we're going to have to believe that Chaoyun Fat's motivation here is like, he needs her to finally, um, cross that line and be uh, willing to, um, like assist them in the investigation, which it seems like she's on the way to do that. Uh, but Chaoyun Fat's plan is basically like, um, berate her while she's crying and grieving the death of her brother and then slap her, kick her, um, brutally attack her, throw her across the room, 
uh, shove her face into a mound of cocaine, grab her yeah. by the hair into the bathroom, and drown her in the bathtub. Um, yeah. And the next time we will see these characters together, she will be like totally into him. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, if Attack of the Clones is hard for you, where he's like, oh, I murdered all the kids, and she's yeah. like, oh my gosh, that's so hot. Um, <laughs> Not just the like, men, but the women and the children. Yeah. This is the ne- and it just doesn't make sense either. It's like how is I Yeah, I think the, I don't know, you know the the subject matter here is is pretty shocking in itself, but that it's such a quick turn. It's not a very believable path to where this goes. So it's like really really out of left field and it's like damn, like really dude? Like come on. Oh, hey, wait, wait. Oh, one thing let let me pull a carlos here and let me tell you that i was looking at his apartment and oh on the bookcase there's like two gundam kits there's like Char- <laughs> oh, dude, <awesome. laughs> there's like sharzaku and then another one that i could almost recognize i couldn't find it but i'm like well this dude builds some gundam kits that's cool <laughs> oh he's not all bad all right all right he won he, he won me back that's cool great <laughs> And she's like, why are you doing all this to me? Ooh, is that a Charizaku? Yeah. <laughs> I love Gundam. It, it, it's red. It's three times faster. <laughs> um, yeah. But, but yeah, this leads to anyways. one of the coolest scenes. If it weren't for one thing that happens at the very, very end, this would probably be the coolest scene in the whole movie. But it's, yeah, it's amazing. Awesome. It is such a thing that would only happen in a movie kind of scene. <laughs> like, it only happened in, a, in an 80s action movie kind of scene. It's like a right. midnight drug deal in this, like, it's one of those, like, car junkyard construction site things that yeah, only exist. Yeah, with have... all these, like, giant shipping containers yeah. everywhere. Things that only exist so that you can do cool stuff in an action movie with it. Yeah, totally. And uh, so this drug exchange is going on. And, um, you know, they've got the money and they're like, okay, so where are the drugs? And the dude like points up to the sky and like hanging from a crane is this piece of like, uh, concrete pipe. And they're like, oh, it's in there. And then miraculously like Conan Lee jumps out of it. Um, <laughs> and I like how kind of confusing this is. Cause you're not sure like, okay, wait, who's conspiring with who? Yeah, I was thinking, what, what's I, your plan I, here? Conan Lee. <laughs> I think he just kind of snuck in there. Right. Um, I just imagining the the before of him climbing up the crane, just sitting on the pipe, and be like, "Well, all right, yeah." But then um, they're not. I hope we pick the right <laughs> pipe. Mm, sure, storage this is the right one. Luckily, yep. uh, Conan's yep. not alone, so um, we've got the uh, floodlights flash on, and mm-hmm. uh, we've got a pretty big array of cops here um, circling the, circling this drug trade. And Chow Yun Fat holding a shotgun with one hand, which is a a recipe for breaking your wrists if you've never shot a shotgun before. And it's great. Chow Yun Fat never wears any kind of um, uniform or whatever. Early on in the film, they say like he's undercover, but I don't think it means what you and I think. <laughs> I think it just means like casual Friday. Yeah, it just means yeah, it just means he gets to wear whatever he wants. It's super funny just seeing it. Like he's the only one like that dressed the <laughs> yeah. way he wants to. Like with this whole row of cops, it's awesome. 
there's like a table set up for this meeting in the middle of this open like area. The thing that I really like is that there's like a centerpiece, like a flower pot. <laughs> <laughs> like they took the time to do that. Dude, but also the as things, the scene man. Yeah, as the scene moves on though, the flower pot disappears. It's gone. <laughs> like when they're making the deal. Imagining oh, dude, in the <laughs> And that is the first and only continuity error. Yep. The other thing I really like is you mentioned uh, Francis Lee with the shotgun, and he does a really great move. He's standing on top of this pile of these pipes, and in order to get down but not keep his eyes off of uh, you know the criminals, he like slides down on his Mm -hmm. butt to the ground, and that's actually really kind of fun one take little mini stunt right there. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we should say uh, Chow Yun-Fat doesn't really get a lot in the way of stunts, I would say, following the egg drinking. and uh, <laughs> Maybe it took a lot at him. <laughs> we mentioned <laughs> it in our Crouching Tiger episode how Chow Yun-Fat was not really known as a fighting martial artist, and he kind of came to prominence, um, like you were saying, Carlos, first in television comedies and then in these great and classic gun dramas. Um, it is kind of interesting in this movie uh, – you know, his partner luckily does a lot of kung fu fighting, but we have to kind of find excuses for Chow Yun Fat to sort of sit off to the to the sideline. <laughs> yeah. Um, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But luckily, uh I think Lao Garlong makes amazing use of him in the uh in the final sequence of the film. But yes, one so of the this... best one of the best physical stunts I've seen in a lot of movies, honestly. This is like high up there is Conan Lee is like he's been riding on top of this car and, and yeah. like chasing them around. And then he uh, we see Chai on fat coming in with his car and Conan Lee runs off the top of the bad guy's car onto some pipes and then hops onto Chai on fat's car and rides a- along to, to chase them. It's it's really it's awesome. amazing. Yeah. And then and then, yeah, just the sequence keeps escalating in an awesome way. Uh, the two cars end up turning this corner and the array of shipping containers has made kind of like a mini alley. Um, and so they're like driving through that and it's these really like constrained quarters and everything. Um, yeah, just a great mix of car stunts, um, kind of jumping, daring do. And then we even have some like punching, kicking uh, with Conan and Gordon in the in the car too. It's awesome. Yeah, and every almost every shot you can really plainly see Conan on top of that mm-hmm. car. Yeah, so totally. For the most part, I think it's him. I think we're when talking they about Conan through... O'Brien in this sequence. Conan yeah, O'Brien is an early role for him. <laughs> <laughs> of course, um, he. Uh, I think the stunt where they barrel through like a wall in between those yeah. containers you can see that it's not it's not conan lee there and i think when he jumps into the other car uh that's not him but otherwise he's doing all of his own stunts which is really fun to see uh what ends up happening here is fi uh gordon Liu's character ends up like hitting a ramp and jumping right into uh the water and that's how this chase ends i like there's a nice detail we kind of dissolve transition into <laughs> The next yeah, day, yeah, then like fishing they, the car out. Yeah, they need to kind of fish the car out, and um, <laughs> um, uh, Francis is like eating some sweets. Like, it's kind of like the cop eating a donut, kind of a mm-hmm. vibe. Nice. Yeah, nice little touch. There's there's so many fun little details mm-hmm. and kind of like uh, scenery chewing stuff that happens like throughout the movie. 
yeah so now uh we get to the point where the cops are able to celebrate a little bit and so there's a little scene where uh you know the the trope of you know the the heads of the department are all the ones reaping the you know the rewards from the work that the the guys on the ground are doing so um there's that but then this leads us to kind of this fancy dinner where uh <laughs> francis and michael and mimi and maridana are all kind of celebrating that this is over that we've got like you know our new lives to look forward to and um one thing leads to another and francis kind of says the wrong thing to uh maridana who like we said before for reasons unknown is smitten with him now <laughs> um but it's um, got to be that like these sequences were like shot in a different order or something. And at this point in the production, they didn't know there is going to be that scene where he roughs. It just doesn't mm-hmm. like you can imagine. Would... It's like, OK, at some point um, she'll turn. I mean, honestly, I think, yeah, just totally cut that scene out that we mentioned. You believe that after she sees that her brother's been murdered by these guys, she'd help the police. Right. Yeah. Like, right. She's already yeah. living over there. Like. Mm-hmm. You don't need like she already knows what these guys are capable of and they kind of treat it like he's showing her like this is what it's really going to be like it's like no they killed your brother you know well i mean i would say that this is an 80s action movie and even in the states a lot <laughs> of our 80s action, an 80s action heroes... movie, so you have to have violence against women it was a law well no i'm that's not no, what i'm, getting I'm, at. What I'm, I'm saying what a lot I'm, of movies right. have that then it's yeah. unnecessary no matter where it's from you always gotta have the leading lady falling for the action hero yeah. so uh definitely in u.s action movies we've seen d- degrees of this same situation mm-hmm. <laughs> but um yeah, things are going to get a lot worse yeah. really quickly. So stay oh, sitting down, everyone. Yeah, Nina Lee <laughs> kind of says that she's going to leave town now, which it feels like that's not just spur the moment like she had been planning on it. And Well, it's it's like this confliction of her emotions, right? Because she's smitten with him, but they're also her reward for cooperating was getting like a free ticket out and of And getting there. this like Australian like passport and protection. Cause yeah. I don't know if we mentioned so, it, but it's almost like she's uh, she kind of illegally immigrated yeah, into Hong like Kong from China. Yeah, she's like from mainland and she leaves um, there. Yeah, so uh, the it's basically is like a reward to her. Um, and to Francis, really, uh, that his uh, lieutenant or whatever kind of puts that package together. Um, but So she yeah. decides that she's going to head out, and uh, Francis walks her downstairs, and she calls a cab. And when the cab pulls up, she gets inside, and very quickly you see that it's Phi, Gordon Liu's character, um, who survived you know the the car crash and he's kind of out for revenge so he you know shoots her right away and she actually like gets like riddled he with bullets. lights her up it is <laughs> nuts yeah very 80s squib situation here and um she honestly doesn't get anything like there isn't like her <laughs> yeah. last dying breaths or no, anything no, like yeah. that and eventually like, when you get back to her body didn't you guys feel a little underwhelmed by the acting there with Shaolin Fat and Conan Lee? It's, it's like really weird. It's more like not darn only, it, that's frustrating. Like, oh <laughs> yeah. shoot, nah, nah, darn. 
So you don't get the benefit of this like tragic love story kind of thing. And yeah. I will say it's beautifully shot how Law Girl Long shows like mm-hmm. her like bloody corpse or whatever. So this could mm-hmm. easily um have been built up to to be this like just yeah, gut wrenching, like romantic tragedy thing. Yeah. It, but it's just yeah. <laughs> just one of those things. Yeah. But the bad, bad guys also kidnap Mimi, the sister. Uh, because yeah. Conan Lee ran downstairs to see the gunshots, so now they're they're kind of on the trying to figure out what happened and where they took them. Yeah. So what they're doing now is um, they're waiting by the phone, and then uh, we should also say the cops were able to actually um, apprehend the Norman Chu, the the big boss character. Um, yeah, Johnny Law. Right, yeah, right, yeah. right. So what they want to do now is they want to do an exchange. So exchanging Johnny for Mimi, and um, this leads us to our final sequence. Oh man, this final sequence! Yeah, dude. so Just yeah, they the, they kind of have to go uh, above everyone's heads because they don't want to do the the exchange because they don't think Mimi's like important enough or something like that. So they basically have to <laughs> break out the the boss to to do the exchange, and. <laughs> that's also something where it's like we just need to think of the quickest way we can do this by the plot and they're like <laughs> yeah. all right let's just use the boss all right let's just switch them out don't yeah. even think about it <laughs> I, i'm good with it <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so they just switch them out and uh they take johnny law to uh their like headquarters which is like a surf shop or something which is <laughs> kind of funny to think about you see uh like a sailboat and there's all these like surfboards in the shop and everything. Obviously, like we said, they're smuggling drugs through surfboards. And dude, I can imagine Loud Garlong's one frustration with this movie is the garage door opens super slow to this place. Both <laughs> both in this scene when we first reveal the bad guys and at the very end of the movie. It's just like painfully slow. Mm. Um they're like, can can we just undercrank that please? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, this is great though so they show up uh michael francis and johnny law uh show up and they perform the exchange and uh they release mimi it's like this kind of you do it and i do it at the same time right uh but (laughs) what you have here is they actually had one of their goons disguised as mimi (laughs) so like right when they meet there's like this great slow-mo shot of the reveal of this like spindly like old looking guy yeah. with like a <laughs> yeah. wig and a bra and... <laughs> yeah yeah and her glasses it's so... Mm-hmm. yeah it's so funny um and he quickly shoots both of them um uh, but uh what happened is uh they they make a point in an earlier scene their their chief says oh make sure you guys are wearing your bulletproof like equipment so they think they're dead but they're not and then this is where our shootout begins mm-hmm. so um Francis is equipped with a shotgun and um, Michael has his little kind of revolver this whole time. And uh, just like before, uh, when it comes to the action, um, Michael Conan Lee's going to handle a lot of the fighting mm-hmm. and yeah. uh, Chow Yun Fat's going to handle a lot of the gun yeah, action. The, the and it works. And the jumping around yeah, with the gun. It works really well. Yeah, the other thing good. that I really like to mention is 
that the kind of like the boss of the westerners is like this really goofy looking kind of <laughs> this dorky like, looking sweaty guy. dorky looking dude that's always wearing these huge shoulder pads which is of the time so i get it but he just doesn't have this menacing look yeah it's like all. the casting call it's was really for funny. like college roommate that doesn't have any lines yeah yeah and then he gets to play this like bad boss so it's mm-hmm. but this is what we love about like the token white casting yeah it's just so just so fun there is one of the westerners that is proficient in fighting mm-hmm. and he has a scene earlier in the film that he kind of has an exchange with gordon Liu that looks yeah, really nice yeah. and he has a lot more action here which is it's really cool mm-hmm. <laughs> so who's gonna get to talk about the shotgun who's you, gonna do you it? can talk about the yeah, shotgun you, totally I want, should. I, you talk about the shotgun <laughs> i'm gonna talk about the the other thing at the very end okay cool <laughs> great and i'm happy to so, talk about like conan's awesome fighting yeah. stuff yeah great so i said you know francis has a shotgun here but the device that he uses to handle this shootout obviously it's one guy against a whole group of dudes holding guns so he has like this rope tethered to the shotgun and he has it tied in such a way that he can whip it out like a almost like a boomerang or something where when it fully extends it's that that rope pulls a trigger so it's it's absurd and i love it so 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 much he stands so he can blind fire around a corner he'll whip the the shotgun out and it'll just be a shotgun and everybody just sees the shotgun and they just get blasted <laughs> right. i can't believe it and it's it's cool they use it right here as a gimmick and you see it and you're just astounded but it doesn't really come up again but he does end up getting to use that shotgun in a different way so he ends up fighting that guy that i was talking about the kind of boss that looks like this kind of super (laughs) nerd and um he's got his own rifle of his own and he has a bayonet that he attaches so he has a knife and he attaches it to the gun and then um francis has a machete and they they do this like that's not a knife this is a knife you know like (laughs) almost like a crocodile dundee and um he attaches the machete to the shotgun and they actually get this samurai film moment yes. where they do like the the swipe across each other like who kills yeah. who yeah. right i literally wrote it, down it's, it's the sanjiro thing where like it, not quite a geyser of blood but yeah where they just the blood just starts coming out of him yeah, yeah it's word. shot so well it looks so cool and yeah, that's that's like the big meat of Francis's action in here. The other yeah. thing that I really like to say is I mentioned this dorky dude and the dorky like guy has this moment where he's doing like these kung fu like like forms mm-hmm. and it just does not look believable at mm-hmm. all. He does this there's Poor this guy. long shot of him just waving his hands in circles and it's like mm-hmm. no dude. Yeah, that like, sounds like I'm really happy the... you're in this movie, but it's Yeah, it's like work. it's like if I tried to do that in a movie. I would yeah, look like right. I mean... Yeah, let's do it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, also, but that's not all. There's a great uh, gifable moment when uh Chion Fat pulls the machete out and he kind of like Wild West like spins it yeah yes that's that's awesome yeah that looks really cool that looks like it's almost like a a rig like he might have something on his wrist or something yeah there are a couple moments um especially in the final sequence that uh matthew's going to talk about where it looks like we've got some like wire assisting for Mm -hmm. for safety hopefully yeah Mm -hmm. so now uh 
Conan Lee is in the, like the the final boss room basically, and it, it's like this like back room with like a like a warehouse kind of room, and uh, he hops over to this this ladder to get up to where Mimi is. Yeah, it's an awesome stunt. And yeah, yeah, it's yeah, it's really this good. great jump over to the to the ladder. And as he climbs up it, then Corn Lou comes out with a chainsaw and oh, just starts dude. hacking away at the ladder. Yeah, and it's like stunning. There's no foreshadowing that you're gonna get a chainsaw Mm-mm. in this movie unless um I think there's it, it is it the Hong Kong Legends box where there's some quote where it's like like lethal weapon but with better chainsaw. It says, <laughs> like lethal weapon only far funnier and with more chainsaw action. <laughs> that that's amazing. That but is yeah, accurate. um the I'll just say quickly like uh all of the Conan Lee uh fight stuff which is kind of intercut with the Chow Yun Fat stuff uh, is a, is amazing. It's like maybe even some of the best kind of fighting action in the film and mm-hmm. the the whole uh setup here kind of for me almost like foreshadows the Dragons Forever finale like you're in a similar kind of industrial place with that kind of balcony and um but yeah just the way we launch into the chainsaw section is just so great and um yeah we should really say that yeah just the pacing in general and uh editorially how the movie works it's like such a cut above kind of the average um 80s hong kong movie here oh dude (laughs) (laughs) and not to be undone with the cut above Literally the cut above because Gordon Lee's on like a balcony <laughs> yeah. with a chainsaw. <laughs> Gordon Lee runs into this little shed and there's another chainsaw. So he grabs oh it gosh. and cranks it up. And now we have a chainsaw fight. But when I started watching this movie, there were a lot of things I thought were going to happen. A chainsaw was not even close to one of them. Yeah, Matthew, you you have to understand how excited I was <laughs> knowing that you would see this movie and there would be a chainsaw fight in it because I knew you would love it. I knew I'm it. I'm so glad. I'm so glad it didn't get spoiled for me. Yeah. 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 That's funny too because obviously we're doing this show and um, you know eventually we're going to cover all these movies so. Um, for sure, I want us to kind of have this kind of foundation so we might look into movies before we even cover them and stuff like that. But then we do have these moments where I'm like, I don't want to share anything with anybody <laughs> yet yeah. because I just want the surprise yeah. of it existing to be realized on the podcast. <laughs> well, dude, it's, all, it's such a cool like follow-up to something like Legendary Weapons of China where I'll go on. Is like exploring um, this is the twentieth these traditional weapons weapon. and basically like <laughs> taking them through as many innovative scenarios as mm-hmm. possible. And you're totally right. What's incredible about this scene is it like inaugurates the concept of chainsaw and chainsaw kung fu fighting, and it also retires it because it it does yeah, everything you possibly do? could do. Yeah, it's more than them just swinging them and clashing them. There's legit choreography here. There's like like high kicking, like avoidance mm-hmm. of there's splits. They do the yeah. Gordon does the split while he like stabs with it. Oh. It's the the it's very ingenious. Like the mm-hmm. amount of like you said, Marty. Like not only are we gonna do this for the first time, but we're gonna make it so that nobody can do mm-hmm. it. <laughs> and did you see all the sparks uh, that are flying every time mm-hmm. the chainsaws strike? And that's yeah, all I was practical. Like. I was wondering how they executed that because I definitely, 
I can admit, I mean, I've seen chainsaws in other movies where it's like, okay, obviously they took the chain part of the saw off, but yeah, they're they're clashing and there are sparks and there's smoke sometimes. Yeah. I mean, too, it seems so... like they're probably not running in a lot of the a lot of the shots, but um, I know right, with a lot of the logistics sparks of it in movies like that, there's like a, a, a like a slight electrical charge going through it, so whenever it hits a metal thing, then it sparks off. Like oh, right. even mm-hmm. it's just it's just like you know good old fashioned special effects. Oh, also, uh, honorable yeah. mention to Shirley uh, Ng here, who <laughs> you can just picture <laughs> how this had to be pitched. It's, she's like, okay, my scenes are kind of done for the the next two weeks, right? And it's like, oh yeah, and then Lao Golan calls her back. Oh yeah, we missed a shot, so we're just gonna have you hang up there, have your eyes yeah. totally closed, and these two dudes are gonna fight with chainsaws like right by your face and body, and they're gonna throw sparks. You can't make any reaction. Uh, there's a couple really great shots of like her dead center in the frame with chainsaws mm-hmm. like waving yeah. all around her. That would be a good like, gift. I feel like that's I agree. That's a metaphor for something. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yeah, what, but it's something. Good. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Gordon Lee finishes so, off Gordon Liu, and he uh, like he stabs him through a table, and he does the, the classic kung fu look up and then fall over dead. And as he's taking Mimi away, the presumably the the final battle finished, <laughs> and Cordlu wasn't actually dead, and he's coming on this like zip line this towards them, holding the chainsaw out, he completely covered in blood. It's and it's like this like, this crazy apparatus yeah. that he's like hoisted in. It's it's so great because mm-hmm. you can't picture how he gets in it, and that's how you want it to mm-hmm. be, and um. But yeah, just that final image of him like hanging and then um, in kind of our next shot when all the basically it looks like the mm-hmm. entire police force is waiting with guns drawn and we have to wait quite a while because it's that same garage door. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. We saw that, that Chow Yun Fat shoots Gordon Liu as he swings in. and Yeah. There's the rifle. Um, but yeah, just to see that, that final image of Gordon's character mm-hmm. like hung as though it was like a noose or something yeah yeah really Mm -hmm. powerful and it's great that it's that 80s trope where it's like you think the villain's dead but Mm -hmm. there's like one last dying yeah grasp at revenge that like like it's so good like die hard or something yeah 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 very fun like and then everyone's covered in pow powder it's awesome (laughs) yep yeah and, and it, this kind of is also reminiscent of Yes, Madam, where we have... Um, it's a little more kind satisfying of a, than Yes, Madam. Yeah, but. right, right. We have kind <laughs> of a, a justice must be served mm-hmm. uh, ending, or so we think. And then mm-hmm. luckily the... Um, but yeah, is it, was it an admiral, did you say? Um, the admiral of... I think the, David Chang's turn... I think it's commissioner. Commissioner, yeah. So, sorry, the uh, commissioner, um, as it turns out, he's like, he approved... It's kind of cute like how they reveal it all but yeah he definitely approves of uh what francis and michael have done um, mm-hmm. but he kind of wants he wants some glory uh his name kind of peppered mm-hmm. throughout the report and everything yeah. um and then we're about to head into a first for the podcast it's the, yes <laughs> it's i thought the that first too. like mishandled freeze frame <laughs> yeah um, <laughs> it's like a yeah it's like a 
funnily, amazingly kind of botched <laughs> freeze frame. Yeah, there. it's like they had the perfect frame for the freeze frame, but the but it kept the scene kept going. So then they just rewind it back to the perfect freeze frame <laughs> moment and then make the freeze frame there. Ugh. Oh man, it's awesome. It's so good. And then we get that it's great so song good. again over the credits. Yeah, totally. Great. You can understand what happened because it's like there's a little bit of dialogue that still has to like come spilling out. So you couldn't totally freeze on that frame, but it's, but yeah, uh, Francis is sort of like falling. So you have the gravity of him falling, and then just like the film yeah. rewinds and then freezing. Oh, but yeah, I love that's it. that's Tiger on the beat. It's on the beat, dude. It is. It's a yeah. yeah. Too, too there's yeah. Obviously, there's a couple of weird kind of kind of problematic things sprinkled in, but. The, but yeah, I mean, you kind of almost you want there to be like a weirdness with this movie. It's like, yeah, um, yeah, there are areas of the story that maybe aren't like polished or sanded down, but the filmmaking is like just extremely polished, mm-hmm. and it's such a treat to see Lao Garlong and like uh, the Lao family, um, yeah, choreographing at this point in time in this kind of setting. And to have Chow Yun Fat like play play the lead, just like at the perfect point in history for him to do that, yeah, just mm-hmm. awesome. Yeah, such a good movie. I thought it was a good. yeah. I thought it was a really good transition from what we were uh, watching into what we will be watching for this next yeah, group of yeah. films. Uh, and then there was a there was a sequel too, right? I I have there was, there. and that actually um, Conan Lee is in it. I, I think it's a sequel in name only. Gotcha. Okay, um, gotcha. Danny Danny Lee is in it, who um, we've nice. seen in Oily Maniac <laughs> and Inframan, <laughs> but I, I honestly is more well known for uh, the types of movies that we're going to be talking about. So uh, it fits that he was in that film. There was going to be a third movie. I forget how the li- the the dots are connected there, but I think it ended up being uh, Samo type film like this skinny oh damn it and skinny tiger fat dragon is that it yes mm. that's the that's yeah. what i'm thinking of yeah so there's also that and they were originally i think they originally were calling it uh tiger on the beat three oh, but cool. i think it, it ended up not being that for various reasons but um yeah i don't know well okay before we start talking about what we will be mm-hmm. watching i have five oh, questions boy. for you guys to answer really quickly <laughs> oh, man, <nice. laughs> so are you ready for the tiger on the beat i'm ready dude yeah i think so okay so uh give me two reasons why this film is connected to twin dragons uh well nina lee yep mm-hmm and... oh and our uh, uh composer right um, right right um uh teddy something uh teddy kwan teddy robin teddy robin teddy robin yep yeah good job good job okay question number two when was the last time we saw somebody pee their pants on a film for the podcast oh man um (laughs) oh hang on oh dude i i can picture in my head because it was another like gun hold up right ah Was it in Yes, Madam? Yeah, was it? No. Or was it Simpson? No. Okay. Was it in our Jackie Chan arc? Yes. Is it in Super Cop somewhere? No. No. First Strike, then. Nope. 
Uh, I'll just go through it. Rumble of the Bronx. Um, well, I said yes hesitantly because it was basically a Jackie Chan arc, but it was the first police story. Oh, okay. Uh... The the nervous cop at the beginning of the film. Oh, he pees right. His own yeah, pants, actually, that's, that's an effective moment. Okay, yeah, I yep. forgot about that. All right, I got you guys. Yeah, yes. Totally. <laughs> okay, question number three. This magazine debuted in September of 1965 and was sold in print until December of 2018. Can you name it? I think it's Playboy, yeah. No? Um, Is that your guess? I thought it was Mad Magazine. I think so. Oh, it okay. could be that Are those too. your final I'm going to say Mad Magazine. I'm going to say Playboy because okay. I thought there was like maybe centerfolds up on Philip Coe's wall or something like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. I like that. Although... It's Tiger Beat. Oh, oh dude. <laughs> yes. Oh, that's perfect. Right, uh, yeah, of course. Oh, so that Tiger <laughs> Beat's out of print? Oh, man. It, I, guess it, <laughs> I guess it exists digitally, but it's not in stores. Oh, okay. Which I'd imagine a lot of magazines are these days. Yeah. Okay. So, question that's, number four. Sorry, that's funny. Mad Magazine did actually end in 2018, um, but it started in 1952. So. Okay. Gotcha. Nice, okay. nice. Completely there... unrelated to this, so. <laughs> yeah. There are two fat mamas involved with this movie. Can <laughs> you name them? Uh, well, Lydia Shum. Yeah. Okay. And then the, um, the singer of our theme song. Right. Yeah. Um, Mar- her... Maria Cordero. Maria Cordero. There it is. Nice. All right. You, you guys are back in it. Okay. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Number five. This guy is no barbarian. Can you tell me Conan Lee's birth name? Oh, Lloyd. Hutchinson. Hutchinson. Yeah, oh. nice. Well done, Matthew. Oh. <laughs> Good job, guys. You missed All a good right. glance. I have another quiz. On that for next no. <laughs> I was happy when you guys were riffing on it at the beginning. I was like, mm. yes, they'll remember. Yeah. <laughs> No Simpsons jokes this time. Maybe next time. Oh, uh, Marty made some reference to it earlier about Homer. Oh yeah, shooting Homer and the, oh, the gun the, episode. The gun. Just yeah, that's nice. Of, that's such a good. <laughs> that's such a good one. <laughs> Anyways, this isn't a Simpsons podcast. This is a Kung Fu movie podcast. And thank Sometimes. you for checking us out. If you like this show, then you can leave us a review on whatever you're listening to this on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever that is. Check us out on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. We're at Heroes, the number three podcast on all three. And thank you so much to the Kung Fu Cinema subreddit if you're checking us out from there. So we are now very much firmly in our in our gun action arc. So Carlos, what is our training for next week? Okay, here we go. So um, we're going to be seeing Chow Yun-Fat's face a lot. <laughs> Chow Yun's fat face. Yikes. <laughs> <laughs> Chaoyun's um, very toned face, actually. Yeah, and I think the best place to start right now is with A Better Tomorrow. Yes. Um, yeah. This is kind of a, a little step backwards timeline-wise. This is directed by John Woo. Mm-hmm. Of course, we're going to have to talk about him as yeah, well. Yeah, this is, this is going to be almost a John Woo arc because of the right. amount of overlap between the two. Oh, man, yeah, what a great place to start, though. Better Tomorrow's it's, total classic. It's going to be great. Well, until next week where we're taking a look at A Better Tomorrow, I'm Matthew. 
I'm Marty. I'm Carlos. And we are the Heroes 3. Remember your training. Heroes 3 is part of the Mercado Brothers Podcast Network.